morning bev good morning good morning all good morning auntie hi jisim hi auntie I think let's start. I don't know who all is coming. Yeah. All late otherwise then. Okay. We'll start with prayer. Yes. Name the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blanche, can you call Roshan? I'll just call him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for convincing, convicting our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for opening our spiritual eyes to see the truth and the unseen. None of us are a mistake here, Lord. You have created each one of us and have great plans and purpose for us. Lord, we thank you for your compassion. Thank you for making every teaching so very simple and easy and practical for us to understand. Holy Spirit, take control of every session, our mind, our mouth, and put the right words in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you have put your angels charge over us and you have given us these ministering spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This would be our last session in the series where we were trying to figure out <clears throat> what a temple is, how the real temple our body will give us bodies for soul and spirit will give us a glimpse of the spiritual truth behind it so i hope it benefited us we learned from old testament uh, that temple is not just a building temple is a setup right um, a place or an environment where god can commune freely with human beings where God is worshipped, God is given the respect and we exchange true love with him. We benefit from his blessings and grace, all that. So that was in Eden and then through the fall we lost it. There was a curtain. There was, there was, there was no free entry to the presence of God from that now on, from then on. Then we saw the temple in, during the Israel time in the wilderness during Solomon's reign all that was <clears throat> given us shadows reminding us how the original plan of God was a little messed up we still need mediators between us and it is not open to all of us to enter into the holy presence then we see Jesus coming into the picture and he said everything in the Old Testament points to me. I came to fulfill, not to wipe out, but to fulfill law and prophet, which means is more like always remember this. It's a spiritual truth. We always need to remember. Some people say that Old Testament is old. We don't need to do a, I mean, give much importance to it. Jesus came and everything is new. We just need to follow Jesus. That's not true. Jesus himself said, I came to fulfill. Uh, not to abandon or abolish what is in the Old Testament. Old Testament was giving us or teaching us or making us realize that we are sinners by giving us law. We came to understand, came to the understanding that 
the standard for us to be in the presence of God is when we are able to fulfill all the laws or to measure up to that original state we had, original image and likeness we had to God. If we were able to do that, all the laws, then we will be in that state. And we tried in our foreign state, every single human being who tries to fulfill the law by his own accord will fail because we don't have the original nature. So the law, St. Paul talks about how the law is given so that we will realize or who are trying to get closer to God by obeying the laws will realize that that's not possible. It will internally point back to us saying that you don't have what it takes to completely obey the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus came and said, I came so that it can be fulfilled, which means I came so that anyone who believes in me will be able to fulfill the Ten Commandments, not by his own accord, but through what I'm going to achieve in my earthly life, uh, the way I'm going to give them the helper, there'll be supernatural help, and there's a different way of obeying the law than by one, one's ability. So if we were trying to obey all the laws by our own ability, there's no question about that. We will all fail. We will all will go into the cycle of sin and the guilt and condemnation saying that, oh, this is what we are. We will try to be better. We will give promises. But next time, again, we do the same thing. We get into this vicious cycle where eventually we will either be okay to do whatever we want and then accepting that this is how we are, uh, giving up any more holy life. Or it could get into a guilt trip where the evil side will keep reminding you how worthless you are and thereby your spiritual life itself will be miserable. You will not be able to stand before God and say that, Lord, I am your child. I, am, I have this authority. Those are all lies. Uh, the way um, this guilt trip is being implanted. So in order to get out of all that and give, get into the true framework which Jesus has given us, Jesus said, be holy because my father is holy or your father is holy, which means there's a way to be holy. Otherwise, Jesus will not be asking us to do that. So that's what the ultimate aim of every Christian, to figure out how to live a holy life. In other words, to be holy means, uh, okay, that's a different topic, let's not go there, but to be holy, to be able to be in the presence of God, to walk like Adam and Eve did before the fall. That's why Jesus has given us this opportunity or the ability to do that. But so to do that, we need to figure out how to do that. If Jesus, Jesus says, I am the way, which means it's something we need to walk in. It's not something like, okay, one second, some anointing came and tomorrow we became this new creation. Suddenly we don't have any more sinful tendencies. We became new. No. We can't dream about it, but that's not how it is. It is a way for a reason, because the journey and every step you take in the right directions will progress you. Every step, every time you are standstill, your life is moving ahead and we are losing opportunity. So with this temple series, we were analyzing what Jesus did at the spiritual realm.
saying when Jesus said he is a temple, he was referring to his own body, thereby indirectly referring to anyone who believes in him will have the same temple. He can, he have the ability to be temple. So we all are supposed to be the temples of Holy Spirit. And St. Paul rightly said, we are the temple of Holy Spirit. Then we come into the realization that in the spiritual area or in my spirit, because of Jesus, I have this helper, God's presence, Holy Spirit in me. The Holy of Holies. And then I have mind where it is the holy place. Then I have body, which is outer court. So when Jesus, when we read Hebrews, we know that when Jesus went through this curtain, that curtain is removed. Now if we, anyone who believes in Jesus have open access to God's presence. We don't need the old temple set up. We are a new kind of temple, which is fashioned according to the, according to Jesus Christ. So this, that truth itself, we fit, we take it into deep into our heart and we start believing that that opens up a lot of possibilities. So even if you don't understand, or even if you keep forgetting everything which we learned, always remember this. We are not like in the Old Testament. We have always access to the heavenly realms, to the presence of our Father, because of Lord Jesus Christ. You can walk confidentially, confidently into it. When we walk confidently, if you have guilt, we won't be able to walk confidently. If you are, if you are, like we know that Old Testament, the high priest, if they didn't sacrifice properly, they will die in the holy place. And they can only get in there yearly once. So getting into the holy place must be the most dreaded thing in their life. And when, when the, holy, the high priest is inside, the whole congregation, the whole uh, community of priests are praying and worrying what, what's going to happen to this guy. If he dies inside, without, then the whole year, the entire year, Every single thing they have done, all the sacrifices they have already done at the temple is all in vain. And they have to take the curse from the sin because the sin is not being taken care of. So for one year, they will be in trouble. So this is a big deal. And on that day, everybody's blood pressure will be super high. But now we have to come back to our own life and think, when I go, I mean, do, do first of all, do we try to enter into the holy place in my life? When I say my life, it come, let's come back to one day. Let's say this week, in the past week, did I try to enter the holy place and try to visit my Lord? That's the first thing. If we did, when I went there, when I tried to approach God, was I confident? What was my mindset? Am I worried about my sins, saying that, oh, Father, I'm, I'm a sinner. I don't have worth to enter into your presence. Please be have mercy. Or were we walking in confidence, saying that I am a child of Lord because of Lord Jesus Christ, what he has done on that cross. And when he rose up from that grave, he has taken my sins. Is, did, did that become a realization in our head? If that becomes a reality, that unseen thing, if it is, has become so real in my mind, 
that is called faith if that part of faith if you are good enough if you have strong faith like a mustard seed then you will be able to move this mountain which tells you that you are not worthy then you can walk into the holy presence and you can see face to face the father's love and it will pour out into your mind into your life and through you to others this is a great possibility and that's what we are called for whether we agree with it or not this is the truth so now the question remains how many of us are going to try this out how many of us are going to take this into complete faith in obedience and change our lives so that we can access this treasure remember the kingdom of god is like a treasure which they found deep buried inside but he has to buy the land for in order to buy the land he had to sell everything he was already possessing and then he got the land he has to dig deep in bring the treasure out to enjoy the worth of the treasure so similarly during this series we figured out the treasure is inside holy spirit is inside and this land which the body the mind we need to buy this we have to take control of it in order to do that we might need to do lose a lot of things we might need to say give up a lot of stuff which we already are owning or we are holding dear it might be the time you spend in social media it might be your nature to gossip it might be the nature which uh, the fear fearful nature maybe it may be your anxiety it may be the worldliness in our it may be something else it may be something whatever you're obsessed about it may be the worry about your kids it may be uh, your business in your life it may be your approach and mindset about your life whatever it is if you are able to say give secondary priority for that and run behind the spiritual truth then you will start seeing the kingdom of god manifesting so that's a in a very natural what we are trying to achieve so let's today see how in practical life how do you now that you feel believe the treasure is deep within the spiritual in my spirit which is unseen again so it, it it takes faith even to believe that i am a spiritual person because you can't see your spirit you can't feel it you cannot figure out by your intellect it is by pure faith that unseen spirit i am an unseen spiritual being and whole unseen holy spirit is with me these are all elements of faith we are choosing to believe if we are strong enough that in that how do we bring out this presence of god into our mind or practically how does that happen we know that any if we if we go to let's say my kid started schooling i say my second one he's 6 years old he is in first grade so they will start teaching him alphabets basic numbers digits addition multiplication what they do in the school is to teach him the fundamental knowledge which he can build upon so if he if i don't send him to school for the elementary time the first grade second grade third grade and then directly take him to the fifth grade he will not be able to do anything 
The reason being is fundamentals are completely wrong. He doesn't have the knowledge of fundamentals. Or I would say the knowledge is very important to shape anything you need further. So first thing Holy Spirit will want us to do, we should be willing to accept knowledge. We should be willing to accept or we should be eager to understand the spiritual knowledge. A knowledge which is not according to the world, but according to the unseen things returned from the Bible. That's why Jesus said, when I send my helper, he will come. The spirit of truth will come to you. Spirit of truth will come to you and he will teach. So that's the first thing. He will teach you. He's a teacher. If Holy Spirit is a teacher, are we a, are we a good student? Or are we always treating him more like a Lord? We are ready to worship, but have we accepted him as a teacher? Maybe not. So that's the first thing. He, we need to be taught by Holy Spirit. For any kind of classroom setup, anything to learn, what's the most important thing for a student to get some knowledge from a teacher? We all went through schools, institutions. So it's a question. So anyone can answer. What should we do? We should be attentive and we should practice. First of all, we need to have eagerness to learn. You to spend time, right? This, my kids are in school for a long time. He spent time with the teacher. That's the only way to learn. The teacher, you should be willing to be in the presence of teacher. Not just being in the presence of teacher. You should be eager to learn it, listen to the teacher, and then you should be focused in what she is teaching. So first of all, you need time. So how many time, how, how much time have we given this teacher from our childhood? Maybe none or maybe a little bit. So how much of our time spend with teacher? He is going to teach. So what is he going to teach? So we need to have, we need to understand what we are going to learn. The subject, we need to know what we are planning to learn. Otherwise, there's no point joining this course. It's about spiritual truth. He will come to you and the spirit of truth will teach you about what uh, he will glorify me uh, me by taking from me and giving to you. See, Jesus said this formula. Everything from father belongs to me. So everything from father, everything father has belongs to Jesus Christ. Then Jesus said, he will come to you and he will take from me, which means everything Jesus has, Holy Spirit is going to take and give it to you. Which means, give it to me. If everything Father had is what Jesus had, what are we going to get? We are going to get everything Father has. Everything from the kingdom of God. From the king, Jesus is willingly giving it up to all of us. So whatever inheritance he has gained, whatever authority he has gained, everything Jesus has, is willing to share with us through Jesus Christ. But there is a part we have to play. We need to spend time with this teacher so that he can teach us about the spiritual knowledge. So why do we need the spiritual knowledge is something else we need to be asking. Is it to get a PhD? Is it to look smart before other people? No. Bible says faith comes from? Hearing and hearing the word of God. 
from hearing the word of god and what is faith faith is about knowledge of unseen and being very sure about it that if you being well aware of the spiritual realm is called faith being very well aware and being very sure about what happens in the spiritual realm how to work in the spiritual realm is faith let's put it in simple english terms so holy spirit is trying to make us like that so that we will understand what is the spiritual truth what is in the spiritual realm how to operate it what are the elements in there how do you bring down kingdom of god to here is what the teachers agenda or the curriculum is that and he says um, through st paul faith comes from hearing the word of god or in that in those days there was no written thing people speak by word of mouth it keeps transferring basically every every time you are consuming the word of god which is the spiritual truth it brings out faith so knowledge is needed first of all first thing is knowledge if you are willing to spend time with holy spirit he will impart certain spiritual truth into your mind which will produce something called faith that's why if you look up faith is a gift of holy spirit right people are sometimes people get confused with this faith Jesus always talks about faith. If you have a little bit of faith, like a mustard seed, you can move mountains, all that. Uh, he keeps asking peop- uh, people before healing that, do you have faith? By faith, you can do righteous work. By faith, faith is all over the place. But then you find that faith is a gift of Holy Spirit. So I have seen people who are saying, yeah, increase my faith. I need the gift of the faith as if it's something like oh, some anointing comes and suddenly we have so much faith i would rather think it's not given like that yes it's a gift of holy spirit which means it comes through holy spirit but it also needs your knowledge you need to work with holy spirit and faith is being will be given to you will be added to you by holy spirit when you are willing to spend time with him going through the word of knowledge and asking him so our our book books is books are already supplied we all have this book the teacher is available so what's missing what's missing in our life student is not our commitment our commitment we are not getting into the classroom right we really want to learn this we really think we believe that this will solve all our problems but it's just in our head we are not in the classroom we are in the playground so the moment you start spending time with the teacher with the book he will teach you so it's not like okay you read bible we have to start studying the bible when you read like that's what we are doing in this class is it can you can't hear well let me okay they say that when you when you thank you should have a thanksgiving attitude also praise and thanksgiving because when you are praising and thanksgiving attitude you attract angels and angels are ministering spirits who are ready to do whatever you want them to do and they listen they are always in the presence of god and they are created to serve us to do you know do things for us all those things which you are telling who taught you you <laughs> not me all is spirit right see that's the knowledge now you have the faith in it then you can use it 
Yes, you can do that because you are willingly listening to the Holy Spirit. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is, right? Um, like Just like St. Paul says, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our spiritual knowledge or our help from God is also through, not from flesh and blood. The teachers doesn't matter. Joe doesn't matter. Raji brother doesn't matter. They are all instruments God is trying to reach each one of us. So the flesh and blood doesn't matter. It's all about Holy Spirit. Saint Paul doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit works through him. All disciples doesn't matter. It sounds like they do, but more than that, it is Holy Spirit trying to reach us. The scriptures are written by him. So the Holy Spirit wrote the stuff. So he himself, the teacher himself wrote the scriptures. But the moment you, anyone who is willing to learn this, sits with Holy Spirit, gets their word and ask teacher, Teacher, I read this thing. I, you don't need to do a lot of stuff. You can just read a little bit. Like, what, for example, what Inesha said about angels. So you make a decision. Okay, I want to know about angels in the spiritual realm. That part of elements of faith. So I, what I will do is I will go to Bible. If, I, if you're, you should use all the tools. So there's no problem Googling. You can Google Bible, take the Bible and then Google it and see all the scriptures about angels in angelic appearance and let's say New Testament only. So read that. Because Keep angel, reading it and then when you see something which you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. angel appeared to Mother Mary. Can you hear me well? Yeah. Angel yeah. appeared okay. to Mother Mary. Angel appeared to Joseph. Angel appeared to... Means, we're talking about New Testament if we leave the Old Testament. Even to Peter, you know, he came and he saved, uh, he made him escape from the thing. Then even to Paul, that means if the angels were there at that time, that means the angels are very much active at this time also. It's only us to work with our faith and to ask them to do things for us. Right. Catholic Church already had all this teaching, right? Catholic Church says we all have a guardian angel. So in my home right now, there are seven people. That means seven angels are there. Right. But do we are we aware of their presence? No. Do we even believe that? I don't doubt it. Yeah, yeah, there's a guardian angel. That's what it is. We don't even, it doesn't even come to our memory. But so uh, understanding that the angels are there is one thing, at least that's a basic thing. We, that's better than knowing nothing. But how to work with them is something Holy Spirit has to teach us. Because we don't Psalm, know. Psalm 91 also, Joe, angels are there. You know, God has given his angels to take charge. That is protection for us. So even remember, like in the wilderness, Jesus was ministered by angels. He was first attacked by angels, which are fallen, right? That's the evil. And then he was ministered by angels. If Jesus himself has to be ministered by angels, how much more should we be working with angels? But anyway, that's a completely different topic. We should be, I think we should take a topic in angels. That's what interesting things. In fact, it's funny that you mentioned that today, one of the messages I got in WhatsApp is that she, one of the one girl from CC Malayalam mission, she she actually saw an angel. Uh, but anyway, so knowing there are there are many things which we need to learn. But are we willing? I mean, it's all interesting. It's all in the limelight when when you see a preacher in the stage. When miracles happen, you feel like okay, that's like wow, this is all cool. But there is a lot more that behind the scenes. It's, it it adds up to your daily life. Bible says, whatever you do in the secret place in your home is what's going to be published outside. So when you see in the stage that some miracle is happening, 
Remember that that person has been a studious person with Holy Spirit. He has spent a lot of time with Holy Spirit. He has gone through a lot of consecration of his body that he has spent. He, he has determined and suffered in his body and the outcome is poured out in the stage. Just like any anybody else. Like it's, it's good to see that. Yeah, it is marvelous to be in the presence of God. Marvelous to see miracles happening. But behind that, there is a lot of work we need to do. There's a lot of commitment has, has to happen. Somehow the charismatic movement has given this uh, wrong theory or wrong feeling that suddenly a gift will come upon you and then you are like the Superman out there. No. Yeah, there are things like that, but that's very, it's not a healthy way of doing it. Let's look at Samson, right? In the Old Testament, we had Samson who had a very great gift of strength. But when you look at his life, regardless of the spiritual gift he had, we, will, we wouldn't say that his life was a moral life. No one can agree with the way he conducted his life. And the same way he fallen too. When you look at today's Christendom with the charismatic movement, you will see many, many people falling. The many great men of God falling down and bringing much more destruction than what they have built. Why? Because we don't go into the fullness of gospel. We rely on a special gift. Of course, gifts are there. But anyway, by the way, this will be about gifts, the spiritual gifts. So it is much more important to say this now. Gifts are needed, but that's not, it's nothing compared to what God wants us to know. But anyway, coming back to the topic, how do we get this living waters to flow through my mind? The first thing, we need to understand this is a classroom setup. This is on a curriculum we need to learn. We need to be willingly spend time with Holy Spirit, learning scriptures, asking, meditating upon it. How do you ask Holy Spirit? By meditating. So if you spend five minutes in the morning reading the scriptures and say that, okay, that's done. No, that's, that's, it's, it's not going to mature you in spiritual work. Just keep asking. At the end of the day, you should try to understand more. Like if you see one, for example, if you see something about Jesus saying, oh, Old Testament, they talk about only me. Then you should be curious. Oh, is it so? Jesus said, in the Old Testament, he is being mentioned. Can I go back and figure it out? So something like that. Make it interesting. Do not read Bible page from the cover to cover. It will be boring. Yeah, it is good to read like that. But if, you're, if your aim is to understand things, you need to study. Just reading won't help. So studying, you can make it interesting. Wisdom is given by God. Everything we have is a gift of Holy Spirit, including this gift of singing, um, the talents which we normally ignore. It's also from everything good and Good is coming from God. So if you have the ability to discern certain things, to arrange, you if you are disciplined, uh, those are all gifts from the God. So use that wisdom, your knowledge. If you are good at Excel, that's also go from God. Take your Excel sheet and put start putting cross references. Try whatever talents you have, use it to understand the scriptures. If you are good at googling and so figuring it out, use it. There's no problem with that. So once you start using the God-given talents to understand, Holy Spirit will start acting. Slowly, the knowledge will come into your mind. Remember, mind is the outer court. 
So the inner holy presence is getting into your mind, which means it's coming out into your outer court. The more you learn, the more presence of God will be in your mind. Then the third part is, how do we get this into the, sorry, not the outer court, the holy place. The mind is our holy place. So slowly we will bring into that. So every day we have to spend time with our master Holy Spirit, learn new things, enlighten our mind. Then once we have the knowledge, faith will automatically increase. So that's a supernatural process. It, the faith will automatically increase the more you read, more you understand Bible. You don't need to do it. That's why it's a gift. So the Holy Spirit will start increasing the faith. Faith in the sense like you'll be very sure about what you're talking about. You'll be very sure when you pray. You'll be very sure that when you pray for certain things, it will happen. That mentality automatically will change. You'll be much more bolder about the spiritual truth. That's exactly the faith is. So that will happen automatically. You don't need to worry. Then Bible says faith, hope, faith, and love. The third thing, by faith, you can do a lot of stuff. Once you have into that, the amount of faith you have, most of the miracles will start happening. You can work in the spiritual realm. When you call upon his name and then you cast out something, it may go, the, the healings may happen. All that will start working in that faith realm. But St. Paul talks about it. Faith is not the ultimate thing. We need to have love. Our aim is to be in love with Lord Jesus Christ. We may say that, oh, I love Jesus. But that's because we don't understand the true meaning of love. Everyone in this Zoom meeting loves Jesus. There's no doubt about it. But have you ever asked God, how can I love you? Can you tell me how you love Jesus? With open heart. Giving myself no, no. to him. Give? Giving myself to him. I mean, yeah, it's all true statements, but in all practicality, how do we love? I mean, for example, we know how I how we love our kids, right? Well, I love my kids, so what do I do? I try to. I mean, there are different ways I can say I buy whatever they like, right? Or I try to make sure that they are well fed. All that is part of being taking care of them. I'm being, I'm feeling responsible for them. It's all part of love. These are practical things. So I'm asking you, when we say that we love Jesus, what do we do practically? How do you love Jesus? I haven't even, I mean, I would say 99.9% of Christians haven't seen our God. So how do we love something we haven't, somebody who we haven't seen. For example, let's say um, we lost a cousin long back and now we heard that he's been found somewhere in Africa. Now we have the knowledge. We have a cousin in Africa. Can you love him? No. No, because you don't know. You don't know. Ah, okay, he's my cousin. I know him. That we know that there's an existence, but yeah. So, so explain to me how you love this unseen God. Because I know Jesus is so merciful and kind. Communication. We you know, read the scriptures. We know through the Bible. We know the word of God. Through the word of God. Frankly speaking, I feel 
I I fear God more than I love Him. Frankly speaking, because everything when I ever do, okay, if I do this, it's a sin. I should not be doing this. Like there's always a fear built in me. But I do not say now. Now when you're asking this question, I'm thinking about it, and I feel like no. I actually I've never expressed my love to Jesus. I've always said, okay, I'll pray. I pray to Him. I ask for things from Him to grant to me, and um, and always say, okay, I should not. I should be a true Christian. I should be a good person. I should not do harm to others. I say these things, but I mean, I think I've never expressed my love to Jesus. Yeah. I think we should all ask this no, question. Actually, when we love somebody, we are ready to do anything for that person. That right. exactly, yeah. That's what I've yeah. not. We are ready said, to do yeah. anything for our children. We are ready to do anything, even if it is sometimes sacrificing some things. What we would like going for a movie. If my child is sick, I will leave all that and be with the child. Like that, it is, you know. So we are ready to do anything for our child. So that is the love mm-hmm. that we have to have towards Jesus also. Of course, we believe. We believe in him. We believe. We believe in him. Yes, trusting. So another strange thing that I noticed: love. So, what's the greatest commandment according to Jesus Christ? When um, the teachers from Jewish people, Jewish priests came and asked, "What's the greatest commandment?" From the ten commandments, love your God with all your heart. Right, so only two commandments. The, the greatest commandment is love your God. Not just love your God. Love your God with all your heart, mind, heart, and body, all that, and then love your neighbor. Neighbor as you love yourself. Just like you. Okay, so if I command my Leia is my wife, so I'm going to command today. Okay, when I go down, I'm going to command her. From starting tomorrow, you should love me more. Like let's say double it. Is that going to happen? No, you can't Leia, love, command love. Okay, double you the love. love. I, I expect you to love. You can't, hmm? you can't command love. You have to request for it. You can't command love, right? But then why yes. is Jesus saying is a command? Because it is His commandments. To us, yeah, yeah. So I'm just asking why. He's a teacher. He's teaching us. Jesus never will say that. Jesus has to say this is a commandment. That huh? Why do we need to command something? I will command my Teresa, like don't touch the fire. Why? Because she doesn't. First of all, with the commandments, it can touch us by command. Right, or there are stop sign, stop sign, traffic signals everywhere. These are commandments, right? So let's say let's conclude. Let's not waste time on that. So basically, a commandment is needed when it is not natural for you, right? When you when you want to like go on a fifty mile, you may see that there's a speed limit. It's kind of a commandment reminding you, okay, you have to slow down. It's not you're going too fast. These are stop symbol. Like okay, you have to stop here. Then I command my kids not to go with strangers. What is it for? They are innocent they are they don't know what they there's a chance that they will by nature they may just trust somebody and go with them so i'm saying that this is not natural to you but always remember this is a commandment this is a rule which means none of us have that ability to love that's what i'm thinking by natural in our nature he's saying this is a commandment you have to love your god 
and love your neighbor. Okay, my internet is unstable. Maybe that's why you don't hear it. Well, are you able to hear me now? Not that clear, brother. Okay, I'm really sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, brother. All right, not sure what's going on. Okay. I think someone doesn't want us to listen and learn. So there will be disturbances in, in the classroom all the time, trying to distract us. We lost you, brother. the world so much. You are not. It's breaking. You're frozen. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. brother. Okay, I'll try to stop my video. Maybe that way you can hear well. Is it better now? Yes. Okay, so God loved us so much. What did he, how did he express his love? By giving his life for us. Yes. The Bible says God loved world so much that he gave. His only son. His only son. He sacrificed. He, he sacrificed his son. For Right. So he did he did something, right? So the expression of love was he gave gave a, the most important thing for him, his son, son to us. Then the son came and said, There is no greater love than what did Jesus say? There's no greater love than giving up one's life for Jesus. Somebody else. So Jesus said this is the greatest act of love that you give up your own life for that person whom you love. That's the greatest thing. That's what Jesus said. And he showed in his life that he gave up his life for each one of us. Yes. And he should, he proved that what he said. So he kind of defined love there. He defined love that if you love somebody, the greatest love you can show is by not calling him and saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. But instead, spending entire life with him for this person, with him. So love is not a feeling. So remember, the world talks to us, teaches us that love is a feeling. It's an emotion that you somehow feel, oh, I feel loved. There, it can come with an emotion but more than that in the spiritual element we talk about love it's about being in the presence or being sacrificing ourselves for the, the loved one or I would say that if Jesus said that the greatest love to show is that you give up your life for other person our life if you look into it you guys are loving me right now why do I say that? Because you are spending part of your life 
in the Zoom meeting which I'm conducting, which means you are sacrificing your time, or I would say a minute bit of your life for me. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So you are loving me, even though you are not feeling that that love is happening, or even I don't feel that your love is happening. So detach the feelings of love. When Jesus said this is a commandment, the way you show love or the way you love Jesus Christ or God, the first commandment that you love God with not just, it's by giving a part of your life to him, which means your life is built up by what? Days. The days you have is your life. If you live for 30 years or for 50 years, it's an accumulation of days, accumulation of minutes, accumulation of seconds, which God has given you. So are we spending that time with God? Then you're sacrificing that time, which you could have used for anything, for your own benefit. Instead, you make a choice. Naturally, we want to be out there partying. But there's a commandment. There's a commandment saying, you need to do this for your own benefit. If we love God, God is not going to get any benefit. The reason why Jesus is saying that you need to love God is for our own benefit. That's the only way we can be nourished and protected by him in this evil world. So only when all the commandments are given for our benefit. When I command my, give a commandment my, to my child, it's for her benefit, not to please me. So change our attitude. If Jesus is saying we need to love Father with uh, with the whole heart, with complete, that means we need to spend time of your life in the presence of God. That's what it boils down to. So in a day, given a day, your first priority should be spending time for God to receive from him so that we will be nourished in our mind so that this Holiness will flow from our spirit into our mind. And then it, the second commandment is that you love, love your neighbor just like you want to love yourself, which also reminds you that we have to love ourselves. You need to spend time with yourself. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your health. You need to take care of responsibilities. At the same time, you should spend time to love others, which means you have to Manage your time, man. Not pray, not pray. Remember, praying is secondary. You need to spend time with your family. With you need to spend time. You have to be in the presence of your loved ones. That's about it. I, I can summarize into that. Which means, if your parents are in India or somewhere else, <laughs> give them your presence by. Not just calling, but instead you can go to a Zoom meeting like or, or WhatsApp video call. Your presence, your time, which means you're sacrificing your life a little bit to, for that person. That's love, not the feeling. You may think that I love my mom so much, but she is sitting in India and you're not even calling her, which is true. You love her so much, but you're busy, right? We are all busy. The thief comes to steal and destroy, but Jesus came to give more life. life. The, the most important thing in our life, what's the most precious thing in anybody's life? Can you tell me? 
Time. Not money. Because if you lose money, you can make money. But if you lose time, can you make time? You cannot. So, Jesus, God gave his son because he was the most precious thing for father. And that's why that's the greatest love. So, if you want to love anybody, you have to give the most precious thing in your life, which is time. So when we are saying, Jesus, I love you, that's a vain statement if we are not spending time with him. That's the truth Holy Spirit taught me. I'm not talking about motivational thing that you have to spend time with your friends, etc. I'm talking about the spiritual truth that to love means to spend time. That's why Jesus was very specific. Love your God. He didn't say that you love your God and love your neighbor plainly. What did he say? Love your God? With your heart and soul. With your heart. With your heart, which means the inner being. It's not the heart, which is an organ. The Bible, when it says heart, it means the inner being. Your utmost being, your core, the center of being, which means the spirit. And then with your mind. And with everything you have, which means undivided attention while you spend the time. You can be in the mass, which means you are spending time, which means you are sacrificing time. You could have gone to a shopping mall, but instead you choose to go to church, which is good. You made the first step. You're spending time. But is it undivided attention to the loved one? Maybe not. So in your mass, when you are in in the presence of God, are we giving undivided attention? When you are in the dining table, let's say having a candlelight dinner with your spouse, and if you're swiping Instagram, do you think that's, well, it's no. not, we will say that that's not acceptable, right? Yeah, that's so we are there. That's what's happening. So yeah. remember, Jesus said the thief comes to Steal, kill, and destroy. So what is he stealing? What is he killing? What is he destroying? He's destroying our time, our precious moment with our family. That's one of his agenda. The most important agenda of this thief, which we know that it is the fallen angels, the Satan, or whatever we are, the, the forces against our God, force against our spiritual growth. Their agenda, their strategy is to steal your time. Steal the time first, then it will automatically destroy you because we are not according to the framework of Father. We should be spending time with Father. That will nourish us spiritually, mentally, and in the body. Then you are supposed to spend time with your family members. Then you are supposed to spend time with your loved ones outside, all that. But that's been destroyed. The framework itself has been destroyed. What do we spend time with now? We spend time with maybe our work, maybe driving in the traffic, or maybe in the Instagram, or maybe worries with our problems, with our future, with our self-talk about what can happen, go wrong in future, or maybe we are going toward others. So he has devised many ways to steal our time. Second, 
step in his agenda is by, that will destroy you because we don't have time for our own health we have time only to engage in other stuff you will destroy our our mental health will be declined our physical health will decline spiritually also we are declined that's what happening in this world right now and the third thing it will kill which means we will lose our eternity we will not have eternal life so that's a threefold plan of enemy but jesus said i came so that i can have you can have life life in abundance if life is time itself like in our life like eternity is like unlimited time right unlimited there's no end to time in there there's no concept of time that's eternity but in our life we have limited time but he said i came so that you can have life and life in abundance which also indicates that when you are in the framework of god when you if you are giving living according to that first commandment and second commandment your time will increase both in this realm and other realm god can add your time nobody else your bible have many verses which tells that your number of days in this life will be increased he can give that so remember this is all in the scripture so if we look into our life right now and feel like we are not in a good shape in mind health in physically spiritually and mentally we haven't followed this pattern so to fix that we need to change our time management practically i'm speaking i'm not saying some great spiritual statements i mean we can keep saying that and move on it will enlighten us it will inspire us we it will emo, emotion wise we'll get excited all that but practically we need to do this time management is the first step in your spiritual growth when you wake up i keep saying this from the very beginning of our sessions right spending time undivided attention in the presence of holy spirit is the most important thing for any human being to live a spiritual life in this world not just spiritually but everywhere else so start doing that if you have to go to office at 7 or let's say 5 am wake up at 4 you may see that oh, i didn't get sleep but i i can assure you god will add your days whatever you are spending you are uh, investing that one hour four to five for god's presence you will get four years for every five like or he can multiply that's how it is in spiritual realm you sow and reap you put a seed there you will reap a harvest so make it a point no matter how you feel whether to you will feel definitely sleepy when bored and not to be there but get up be disciplined you don't need motivation it's a discipline you whether you feel it or not just get up spend time as much as you want to give that's a sacrifice that's how you love that's what you love every day so if, so that commandment if you love me you will follow my commandments that's what jesus said so when you say we love jesus christ we have to follow his commandments which is spend quality time with him not an emotion not an emotion we don't need to feel an emotion that oh i love jesus christ how oh, i feel this great emotion in me that i love the everything no we may not feel anything because we are in a fallen nature we walk by faith not by emotion we walk by, walk by unseen not some feeling which we get so that's part of the faith make it a point that i will spend 30 to 1 hour every single day 
if possible in the morning. That means the highest priority, the highest quality time of your day is in the morning. So give that to Jesus Christ. Read scripture. So that's a classroom setup. You go to class with Holy Spirit every morning. Study scripture. Ask him. You may not hear anything. It's okay. You may not get anything revelation. But keep doing that every single day. I keep saying this analogy all the time. You won't get six-pack if you just visit gym and pull some dumbbells one day. It has to do. You may not, the only thing you may feel is like some pain. It, it feels so difficult and worthless. But after six months, eight months, if you do it, six-packs is going to come. Same way. Keep doing it. You will see the glory of God manifesting in your life. Things will change in your life, in your family, not just in spiritual realm, but also in the physical realm. So that's a secret. That's a secret place. So let's start loving our Father, loving our Jesus Christ, loving our Holy Spirit by giving time. Always remember, time, undivided attention, plus time equal to love. Apply this formula everywhere. You will be a successful person. No, what do you do in your half an hour that you are spending with the Holy Spirit? It all depends on. Uh, okay, I would I can just give a guideline. So start your uh, let's say thirty minutes, right? Ten minutes, ten minutes each. The first ten minutes you do. You start um, praying for others, intercede for other people. You can start picking up from family. So how do you intercede? You, plead the, you apply the blood of Lord Jesus Christ on my mother, on my father, on my kids, one by one. You see that what's happening. Take them to the cross in your imagination. You see that they are standing beneath the cross with the mother Mary and St. John and the blood of Lord Jesus Christ pouring upon them, each one of them. Give them quality time. And if Holy Spirit reminds you anything about them, pray for that as well. But at least do that. And then do it for your extended family. Or whoever, whoever is, you can even make a list of people because we are fallen human beings. We can't remember everything. Make a list of people you need to pray. Do that for the first 50, 10 minutes. The te- te- next 10 minutes, read, pick a topic in that. For, a, for example, angels. So Google it or do something. Right? 10 minutes, spend on a Bible topic. And the next 10 minutes, Surrender your day for to Jesus Christ. And if you are meeting, if you are going to meet people, ask that, okay, Lord, send down your angels with me. I'm just giving an example. Or pray, or pray for the people in your work. Or pray that this meeting will go good. Uh, the things which I'm going to do today. Father, you go in front of me and make sure that everything has been taken care of. Father, it's not my work, my talents, it's you. So prayer for that day and thanksgiving worshiping and you should you can play a song in the time like for five minutes and worship him just worship him for what he is that's good enough 30 minutes done so just do the same repeatedly don't you don't need to feel anything i'm telling you you don't need to listen to from him just keep doing it just loving jesus thank you're him. loving god thank him also, and you'll no? see anything I started doing that. I've written down, I started writing down uh, everybody's names, whoever I think has to be prayed for, my families and all the intentions. We do the same, correct? Yeah, there's no rule in love, Chesi, right? When you spend, when I spend time with my kids, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may watch a movie with them. I may throw them around. I may fight them. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's like being there. 
it should not be a routine if i am going to make a routine and okay this is how i'm going to love my child it will be boring yeah sometimes i say okay lot of you know i'm going to sleep here so i just go and sleep yeah. there Yeah, I know people who slept in. Um, the time is over, but I know people who have slept. I mean, this guy will fall asleep the moment he enters the presence of God in, in, yeah, in the chapel. But he kept doing that, and he is one of the most prophetic person I know now. He did that for two years. He would rather after work because super tired. He is so tired that he cannot stay awake. But he still goes to the blessed sacrament and started praying. and then slowly he would just not knowingly but he's so tired but he sleep there for 20 minutes maybe pray for 5 minutes 10 minutes maximum he kept doing that doing that for 2 years and now he holds pretty so active in him it's not about it's your motive right your intention what are you going to do i uh, god understand right i may be totally messed up after my full day of work and when i go down and lay up i may be like okay give me a tea and uh, by just being there but she understands that at least he they came down he's here Right, so that's just a motive. Being there, being showing up for them, being in the presence—that's about it. The rest you can do whatever. You can just sit there, not not talk, talk nothing. It's fine. But you just being there. But you will notice after, let's say, if you do two, three every day. If I go down at six thirty p.m. and if Leia keeps seeing that that I'm coming for tea. You know what will happen? We'll keep the tea ready. Then two weeks from now, when I go down, the tea will be ready there. So you will see Jesus sitting there at five thirty a.m. If you keep doing that, his presence will be already there. But you need to you need to prove yourself that you love him. Like you. so, that's what has happened. I know many people. I, I'm not talking something which I came up with. I saw people who are. like that they say that lord the glory of god is there at 5 am when i walk into my prayer room and i can't even stand his presence because that's that's a, such a magnificent presence there it has started happening he's doing it for 50 years something like that every day morning at 5 the sharpest time 5 to 6 no one calls me not even my wife cannot knock on my door that's his rule that time is for god so that's a secret place we need to build start doing that god will show up but we need to work on it so that's only message for us is already 10:34 let's close it father we thank you for everything you are teaching us father we love you so much but until today we didn't know how to express it properly lord help us to make it practical what we learned today we want to love you the most and we want to love everyone in our family and around us help us to manage our time help us to understand where we are wasting our time where we are lukewarm where we are not diligent enough to use this most precious thing in our life which is life time and give it back to you and you will multiply it and you will give us back so much time so much love the way you love back us is by giving quality time in our life so that we can be fruitful we understand the spiritual truth and lord jesus christ we are applying the blood of lord jesus christ on this truth the the things which we have learned love equal to quality time love equal to quality time let this be imprinted in our mind for the rest of our life in the name of lord jesus christ amen amen, amen. thank you brother amen. thank you all we'll see you, you next day you,
Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.